When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Yeah, massive preliminary elimination. I'm not sure what final it's called, but um, I basically call it a semi-final win this weekend. You're into the grand final. And the Warriors are making their way over to Brisbane to the fortress that is Suncorp to take on the brilliantly entertaining uh, Brisbane Broncos. Um, And we know a lot of their players. Um, Rissi Walsh, Adam Reynolds will be key for them as well. Joining us now, very privileged to have on the show he wound up his career at St George had a little stint at Newcastle 309 games in the NRL cop that uh, 260 of them for the Brisbane Broncos it's a great pleasure to welcome onto the show former Broncos hooker Andrew McCulloch g'day Andrew Good evening. Thanks very much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Um, you're not that long out of the game Andrew. Um, did did you miss it initially? No, to be honest, I, I didn't. I was pretty fortunate to transition into a good couple of roles, and obviously being involved with SEN. So, yeah, it's been um, yeah pretty lucky transition for me. Um, I think little parts you probably do miss around. I guess just the team and hang around your mates all the time and that sort of thing. But overall, I've been pretty lucky with transition um, and different goals and, and different you know, aspects on life that I haven't been able to do really ever since um, you know high school. I was able to actually have it my first. Easter holiday with a family this year, so that was that was something small, but something I've never been able to do, which is nice. I'm interested, before we talk about the game, your pathway through the game, um, you started out, I believe, at the Delby Devils, and then <laughs> you headed off to Brisbane High School. Uh, was When you started playing, was the Broncos on a tear at that stage? Were they the ones that inspired you to have a real red-hot go at this sport? Yeah, I think just in a country town, um, you know, three hours west of um, Brisbane, you play a lot of sports and keep yourself entertained. So, yeah, just a good group of mates that played rugby league all through school. And, yeah, the Broncos were obviously such a powerhouse. And I was lucky enough to go to a game at um, the old ANZ where they beat the North Sydney Bears 60 to, to nil. And that was Petro's debut game. And I was lucky enough to go on the sheds after that. So, um, yeah, ever since then... Um, I guess that obviously my team were the Bears, the North Sydney Bears, but they folded and the Broncos were on a, on a tearaway. And as you said, we're very successful. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy to end up there and playing the majority of my career there as well. You've probably seen, even though you're in Australia, you've probably seen the um, fervour that's been raised by the Warriors over here in New Zealand. Can you tell me, uh, is it matched in Brisbane for the Broncos, who are also on a bit of a tear themselves? Yeah, I think... Um, just great to see. I think both strong clubs in their own right. I guess you know, you know Brisbane's such a, a big rugby league area, but the, the, the actual so much Kiwis live in Brisbane, so there'll be plenty of support for them come game time. But 
I just love the fact of the sort of the hard work that just coming to that COVID situation for that country and those players to go through all that, um, you know, to get to the other side and now a real good chance of going in the grand final. It just shows you the hard work that's been put into that, put into that, you know, organisation. But more so, how grateful the fans are. They they made that so special the other day when they played Newcastle. And like I said, um, there'll be plenty of Kiwis in the crowd come Saturday night as well. So it makes for an exciting game. And I certainly just feel for the. So grateful that the Kiwi fans get to see their team in a finals game. That was great. It's really special to see. Um, you, you're steeped in rugby league knowledge over in Australia, um, and like we haven't seen the growth or the interest in the Warriors. I would suggest ever. Um, we've, we're all amazed at actually making the top four in the minor premiership, and now we're in the top four, uh, a game away from the grand final. Has it taken people like you by surprise at the improvement and the rapid improvement um, from pretty much the same squad um, with a rookie coach? Oh, mate, yeah, blown away. Um, to anyone to sort of say, look, uh, Cal alone, I always thought the Warriors could trouble a lot of sides and you know, when the occasion came, they could really upset some teams. But the way they played consistently, I think, um, throughout the whole year and the way they did it, I think that's the most impressive part that I've seen, the real transformation of that club. And certainly a lot of backbone in there now. They're, they're working hard for each other. You know, they've got a good balance of youth and experience. They had a couple of other, you know, hard, you know, players. Mitch Barnett, Jackson Ford, and you've got Aiden Fanua Blake who's played his best football. So uh, they've got a good balance there at the moment. And, Obviously, Andrew Webbs has done, um, done a great job turning that around. He's been at successful clubs before in Penrith. So, you know how that works, but it's just great to see those players embrace him and they get, like, I guess, a bit of a bond at the moment. And there's certainly just momentum after momentum. And it should be a good game, and they'll be up for it, the Warriors. Where do you think would be the best way, or what would be the best way for the Broncos to break down the Warriors' side? I don't think they need to, you know, in terms of changing too much. I think, yeah, what's they've got to realise what's got them there to begin with in the first place. So that uh, that second position on the ladder, I think, you need to not change too much. But it'll come back to defence. The Warriors play some good second phase football with some good offloads. They've got plenty of hard running forwards. So I think being able to defensively be up for that game and lock down that that second phase offload, where the you know the players Sean Johnson chance sort of play off the back of that. I think. Um, that's a real danger for the Broncos to, to sort of try and nullify throughout the night. So I think more defensively is going to be a big factor. You spoke about defensive and big games. That's, that's going to win it for either team, whoever will do that the best, I guess. Um, you've got an incredible forward pack. I think pretty much everyone agrees that the Broncos have got the best forward pack in the comp. We're, when we're analysing the matchups, I, I really struggle to find a weakness in the Broncos side. Now, I won't. I won't tell anyone at the Broncos what you're about to tell me, but, but where is the where, where where and how do these our beloved Warriors get over the top of such an incredible side in the Broncos? Well, they just got to fight fire with fire. I've, I've sort of a couple of games um, talking a little bit left field here, but Q Cup final, a Queensland Cup final on the weekend, which is reserved great for the. Yeah, you know, I guess the NRL sort of teams in the Queensland competition, um, and yeah, an outsider team got in the face. They, you know, niggly they sort of put, you know, the favourite team in the Burley Bears off their game a little bit. So I feel like the Warriors they need to go fight fire and, and you know get into a bit of a grudge match there and be able to play some football off the back of that. But like I said, defensively it's going to be real aggressive because you know, like you said, they're pretty 
pretty well off in the forwards. So I think they just need to go out there with the mindset to sort of make it a little bit ugly type football and then they can play off the back of that. I think they need to try and frustrate a Broncos team are pretty silky at the moment. We're not far away from the Daly M's and Sean Johnson's just gets asked continually about is it on his radar and refreshingly he said look it is in the back of my head but it's not affecting the way I play. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a few big big name players in the running. Do you reckon Sean he's got a chance? Oh bloody oath yeah definitely. Um, it's always like these things are always hard because of who's sort of voted for him. It's, I find it a little bit difficult over the years in terms of who's actually watched the games and things like that and actually wants the points. But, yeah, from all reports I've seen, I think Payne has to be there, thereabouts as well. So you have to think he'd be reasonably confident. But, yeah, it's always hard to sort of tell those Dallium Knights of um, the points that are sort of caught up. But I think you'd, you'd like to think he's at least top two or three there for um take it out, which is which is really good to see after he bounced back to some lean years at the Sharks. Yeah, and surely it's uh, Eden and Payne will be the props in the in the team of the year that I don't yeah, th- we don't even have good, to yeah, That's a very good tip. Yeah, both players playing outstanding footy and Aiden's a real leader there of that team. You can see a lot of guys get some good energy off the way he plays, so he, he you'd think he'd be right up there as well. And as I say, you've only been out of the game 12, 12 or so months um, and you were part of a Broncos team for 12 or 13 seasons, obviously playing finals football. Looking back with the benefit of hindsight, what, what are the main differences that you noticed as a player? As I say, 260 games for the Broncos and a handful in playoff footy. What, what's something that maybe we've got a few guys going into playoff football for the first time you wish you knew when you were going into it the first time? Yeah, I think just keeping it simple and, and knowing that you don't have to think you've got to do more in a game just because of the occasion. Um, being able to rely on what you've learned throughout the whole year to get you that position. and You don't have to come up with any magic plays. you just got to do the really small things that um, the crowd don't understand, but a lot of your teammates and coaches will be really happy and reward you with in terms of effort away from the ball maybe or little things in the game that, that help your team but a lot of other people don't realise that I think just keeping it very simple and, and just enjoying it because you see a lot of guys who you don't get to play much football so when that occasion comes make sure you enjoy it because you don't know the next situation when it's going to pop up for you Talking to Andrew McCulloch 260 games for the Broncos at Hooker um, you mentioned we've had it suggested to us over here that it will be damn close to 50-50 support in the stands. So in your daily life, are you hearing up the wires and are you you you're getting <laughs> tapped on the shoulder by the abundance of Kiwis that live over in, in your beautiful part of the world? Uh, yeah, mate, don't worry if you hear that saying everywhere. It's really catchy. It's, uh, good, <laughs> I like it. It's uh, caught on nicely, so it's um, something you'll, you'll hear, no doubt. But uh, my wife's half Kiwi. My, um, obviously, my mum, my Mother-in-law's full Kiwi, so don't worry. I've got a couple of Kiwis in the family that are no doubt um, either sitting on the fence a little bit, but probably at heart going for the Kiwis to get into the grand final. And just a quick look at the other game. Penrith, for for a number of weeks, have looked almost um, unattainable as almost write their name on the trophy. And, and, of course, they do have to win games. But Melbourne are very, very good at this time of year as well. Can you see Melbourne getting over the top of Penrith? Oh, yeah, it's a, hard, it's a hard one. Like, they had a brutal game last week against the Roosters as well. So that's always difficult, that double up a game. But 
in saying that too, they can also help you in good stead to be hard and ready for football, whereas Penrith sort of has a week off and a couple of little niggles out of the Penrith camp at the moment, but you know, they're, they're experienced guys have been there before they know what to expect. And yeah, like another good game, it should be a solid game. It's just hard to get a real, real weakness in Penrith at the moment, but if any team could sort of ruffle them up and make them nervous, it's going to be the storm. They're so well coached and plenty of classy players, so it, um, yeah, it's a, it should be a tight one, but it's just hard to get a fault in Penrith, as you said earlier. Yeah, it is. It is. Hey, I uh, really appreciate you chatting to us today, Andrew. Uh, the whole country is on warrior alert and they're breaking records at stadiums. They're breaking records on the TV. Uh, I would imagine there'll be probably one and a half million Kiwis watching this game this Saturday night out of your beloved Brisbane. And I think all we can guarantee is it's going to be a ripper of a game. Yeah, certainly right. And um, it's Let's hope you know everyone stays up a little bit later in New Zealand. I feel that's a bit tough. Obviously, there in terms of audience what, eyeballs watching a great game like that, so that's probably a little disappointing from that side of things. I know how much they've got behind, and we'd like to reward them with the, probably a better time spot slot. Sorry, but um, I guess it is what it is. So I just have to move forward and, and go from there. But um, yeah, full credit to the Kiwis. They get behind their team and they're really riding it out, which is great to see. Yeah, I think all the servos and bottleos, as you call them over there, will sell out a Red Bull at about 8 o'clock on Saturday night to keep us up. Yeah, I reckon reckon the coffee run might get a good run, mate, and keep it run up, which is good to see. Hey, brilliant, Andrew. Love chatting to you, mate. Uh, Enjoy the game. Cheers, mate. All the best. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. There he is, Andrew McCulloch, former Broncos hooker. 260 games in one of those positions. Oh, my. Oh my, the prelim final. Let's rock and roll. Um, Warriors, Broncos. And normally the closer I get to a game, I start doubting the team I want to win. But I feel like my, I feel like I'm getting stronger in the belief that I think they can win. Um, quick text here says, Staff, we're doing a Rugby World Cup picking comp at work, winning team and margin. One point for the correct team, three points for the correct team and margin. I had to submit all round robin picks before the tournament kicked off. Uh, that's made it difficult, but it's fun. I picked Ireland 1-12 to against Australia, uh, against South Africa. I see RTB has South Africa as $1.60 favourites. I wonder what other agencies around the world have. Without even looking, mate, they'll have them within five cents. Everyone will have South Africa as favourites. Otherwise, you open up an arbitrage, which means if they weren't, you back both teams at different agencies. Guaranteed profit. Bookmakers don't like that, Craig. So um, South Africa will be favourites globally. Globally. Um, looking down at my script, what have we got next? Actually, another text. I want to do this. Staffy, I want to see Fanua Blake really go after Payne Haas and try and unsettle him. Even hit him early or late, whatever. See how he reacts when he's not the big dog. Actually, Sam, on Aaron Fanua Blake, he's not the guy we see absolutely cut people in half with defence. He's more the agility stepper guy. Like, you don't see him crashing into contact like you used to see Ruben Wiki and Afeta Paliasina, those sorts of guys. He's not that kind of front rower. Well, no, that's that's why he is one of the best front rowers in the competition is because he's so hard to contain because he's... Him and Payne Hearts, they're, they're massive bodies that can that are mobile. So, you know, you compare them against what you call a traditional prop in rugby league, even though I think traditional props in rugby league are changing. There's only a few of them sort of left when you look at... Um, Jared. Like Isaiah Papali'i from the Raiders, who is just a big boy who runs and it only plays 60 minutes and it's just up through the middle. And, it's, you know, nowadays you've got the Payne Hearts. like Joey Tarpany is a quote-unquote prop, even though I think he's more of like a locker or a second role. But, you know, he's a prop and he's a smaller guy that um, it's all about 
you know footwork and bending the line and taking them with you. I've always said two things with with rugby league, which they're obvious. It's not like I'm you know reinventing the wheel here, but I point them out to people. Two things that set up your attack brilliantly and get the defence retreating. The first thing is post-contact metres because you you think about um, the defensive line comes up and let's say it meets you and hits you and you stop dead in your tracks. They then retreat and while you're getting wrestled to the ground, they're on their, their 10 metres back and they're ready to come up as the next play the ball happens. If you get post-contact metres, you take the contact, the rest of the defensive line starts to retreat, but you're moving forward, meaning they have to keep going backwards. By the time you've played the ball, they're only just getting set on their defensive line, and so when they're coming back out to you, you've already got momentum. The other one is offloads. Same thing happens with an offload. The defence comes up, the three or four guys tackle the guys got the ball, the rest of them start to fall back to the 10-metre line. An offload happens, all of a sudden they're retreating faster than that 10-metre line's moving, and so... You know, post-contact meters and Adam Fennell Black's the best in the NRL at it. Just it gives you so much more on attack, and that's what they talk about. You know, go forward on on attack for someone like Sean Johnson. That's critical. Isn't and I I don't know I don't know if you know isn't Payne Haas a lot bigger than Adam? He's a lot taller. Mm. He might be bigger weight wise, but he's a, he's an absolute beast of a human. Payne Haas. He's yeah, like over. He he's well over six foot and. You know, 120 kgs. It's just humans do not get much bigger than that, and not he's not fat. Like he is just a solid man. Yeah. Um. Right. We'll take a break. Uh. You're welcome to text us anytime. Double eight double three, or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We'll be back with you after a short break.